0: No, I'm leaving now. Heard that before. I know where the leaf blower is. I swear to God. I don't know what that means. <laughs> We'd like
1: to remind you that the information contained within this podcast reflects our own personal opinions and should not be held as any kind of official recommendation.
0: That's right. This podcast is for our own purposes. It's educational and and for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Edutainment, if you will. <laughs> We're just a couple of yahoos with master's degrees, and this isn't a professional capacity.
1: So if as you're listening to an episode, you feel that maybe you need help with your own mental health, please do contact your own doctor or a therapist.
0: And finally, we try to stay pretty clean with this podcast, but sometimes we slip up and sometimes we just talk about weird stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be not safe for work you'd probably better listen with headphones
1: hello and welcome to freudian sips
0: the podcast about brains beverages and other bs i'm bonnie and i'm anna you are a really radio voice today Am we I? are <laughs> Am I? Am I really? Am I don't I? know. I don't know. I didn't notice. How do notice. I sound? I didn't even. This I'm is, not even trying. This is just this my voice. This is how voice. I talk all the time. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Actually, I've just been doing a radio voice before. This is how I talk every day. <laughs>
1: I remember when you guys were little and I would answer the phone. Oh yeah,
0: we would make fun of you if for having a phone voice. Hello. Hello. This is Bonnie. <laughs> you're on for Bonnie. That's how she still answers the phone. <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> I always. I don't... Your go for Anna. I don't like <laughs> when you call somebody and, and they say hello. <laughs> I mean, I know that's what you're go saying. Go on. <laughs> Is there more? I realize that's phone etiquette and say hello. However... Like you okay so like I'm calling somebody named let's say George and so this man answers the phone.
0: This is especially true I know what you're talking about and it's true for like business phone calls. Yes yes like Like if I'm calling someone like it's a client that I don't know yet. Exactly like if I call a number I want to make sure it's the right number. Right. Right before I talk especially because the stuff we talk about is like is confidential yeah so right. and even just the idea that someone
1: called a counselor is confidential sure so, so this guy answers the phone and I have to say hello is this George hello is this yeah which seems dumb to have to wow it's just
0: an extra step
1: <laughs> if he would just say hello this is George which is by the way I don't say George but when I answer the phone I do say hello this is Bonnie yeah I say that too because that way you say hello this is Bonnie yeah I do it's- <laughs>
0: It's really confusing for people who are trying to get Anna. (laughs) Really confusing. I know we sound alike. I say, hello, this is Bonnie. And they say, oh, I thought this was Anna. I'm like, it is. And they say, well. uh." I'm so confused. (laughs) And then they hang up right away. And that's how I get out of talking on the phone. Pro tip for everyone. I was going to say, that's how you get into therapy saying, yes, you are confused. (laughs) That's gaslighting. (laughs) Gaslighting my clients. Well, speaking of introductions. Yes. I think this is a great segue because hello sipsters. It's sipsters. been a while. Wow, we have missed you. It's lovely to have you with us today. We took a little bit of a break because we, you know, the holidays were upon us and we were both kind of busy with stuff and we just needed that little refresher, little break and we are are here, we're back, we're better than ever. (laughs) I've heard. (laughs) Be for yourself (laughs) over there, baby.
1: We are both kind of going through things in our life that are... Evolving,
0: changing. I guess that's a way to say it. Yeah. Transitional period. Sure. Which we'll talk about a little later. Yeah, I yeah. want yeah, to, yeah, get yeah, into yeah. that a little uh, later. But, but we thought today would just be a good time to kind of just kind of vibe check with you guys. Just kind of like talk about us you know if somebody had never heard us. our
1: podcast and then they hear you talking like that they're gonna be like does this woman always talk like this and
0: the answer would be yes so if you don't <laughs> like it don't listen to the podcast i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i'm just kidding listen to every single episode judge for yourself if i talk See like this many all the time. voices of anna It's <laughs> true I, the many voices I, of anna i do i do tend to have different different vibes <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> they do. But today we thought, you know, it's our it's our first time back after this little hiatus. Let's just kind of reintroduce our sipsters to us because I don't think we've ever really done an episode where we talk about our personal like counseling philosophies and just kind of the way that we deal with counseling like how we are as counselors and I think that that's kind of a good way to slide us into this new phase of Freudian sips after a little break and just kind of to get back in the swing of things what do you think mom
1: I think that's a great <laughs> I, I think that's a great I, idea. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To keep many that up. Voices actually
0: mom I I want to ask how we got the idea for this episode. Would you like to tell the Zipsters about it? I had a dream. <laughs> she had a dream.
1: <laughs> I did. Because we've been talking about what we should do for our first show back after yeah. our little break. We're and like, oh,
0: should we do a mental illness? Should we, we do, do a person? Should we – I mean, those are kind of our go-tos, yeah. like, to come up with topics. Mm-hmm. But but we wanted it to be unique. As we start back up,
1: kind of like a, a jump start, or restart, refresh, like you do on the little computer. Refresh, refresh. Yeah. So I had a dream. That's this is what we talked about. So I don't know that it will go like the dream because uh, I don't she know. Had, we seem to know what we were the talking whole about. Episode in the
0: dream. So if we don't say everything as we it was, said in yeah. the dream. It's a bust.
1: It was a good. It was a good episode in my dream. <laughs> Man, we were sure. awesome. We were uh, funny. We, we were laughing. We had great voices, and we just were nope. check and check. We've already done those things, so
0: <laughs> can't go we wrong, can we?
1: I was thinking that to start, we should say why you felt called to be a therapist.
0: Ooh, that's a heavy one. I know. Right out of the box. Right out of the gate, starting with a bang. Okay. Well, that's not when I wrote down in my notes so I didn't think about it beforehand. <laughs> I mean, I think the answer that I give whenever someone asks me that question is it may sound a little hokey. So if you didn't like the vibe check comment before, <laughs> you might not like this either, but I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Like I I know that sounds kind of kind of woo-woo, but I literally I think that's however you look at it. Like I I would look at it partially as like an intelligent creator made me fit for this position. I would also say the things I've gone through in my life kind of give me a unique perspective on mental health and a lot of things that people go through. I feel like I'm able to connect with people in a really like kind of in, in a good way that gives people a good space to to heal, look in on themselves and, and feel safe doing that. I I don't know, I like it, man. I like what I do. I can't, I don't know how to answer that question, I guess. I think you answered it very well. Okay. Well, I, I get so to turn a- it on you that now. What, how uh, did, why did you? I think mean, you've got a longer, I have a, a weird, longer history with yeah, psychology I than history. I do. I mean, um, I don't know. We've talked about this before that we are both master's level clinicians, but I went, you know, from undergrad where I got a psychology degree. I didn't start in psychology, but got a psychology degree. Went, I took a little bit of time off, went, directly into a master's program and directly mm-hmm. after a little bit of a break Yeah, you didn't but... really
1: take time off you just worked for like no. well, it wasn't even a
0: year was no. it or... and i was working yeah. in the mental health field in some capacity in right. that time as well so
1: i think it's significant though what your other major is
0: Oh, yes. I So I didn't start as a psychology major when I went into my undergrad career. I started as a, an art major, a graphic design major specifically. And then I, I I'd always been interested in psychology. I think I had a psychology minor. Yeah, I started with a psychology minor because I was mm-hmm. like, well, I like it and I want to learn about it. And mm-hmm. then the more classes I took in that and the more classes I took in art where I was like, oh, I don't like this <laughs> at all. <laughs>
1: Somebody telling me how my art has yeah, to be, yeah. And the people weren't super.
0: <laughs> some of the people, I mean, some of the people in psychology aren't super great either. I guess mm-hmm. that's a There's that's those no everywhere. matter what major you go into. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I just didn't like the competitiveness of art, and so I that's thought a good way to say it. I thought it was I I wanted to focus more on uniting, right?
1: But I think it's cool how then you kind of feel that you use your art experience and your education with your clients sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it it fits well together.
0: Yeah, I think that being an art major, I mean, like, there are some clients that I specifically use art with, not as many as I think I once assumed I would. Like, mostly I stray more toward just talk therapy, but there are some that I use art art techniques with, but I I think just my time in the art world has given me perspective on a lot of, like, I, I don't know, I think it was cool being in that, in that creative Mm -hmm. kind of set of people Mm -hmm. so i could better connect with people on a creative level because i think that's i think everyone has a creative side i feel like i'm really rambling here (laughs) can you just tell me to (laughs) shut up if i really get going no i like that that's good i think this is kind of what this episode is about i guess we uh yeah yeah
1: Yeah, we're just kind of sharing about ourselves we're just kind
0: of going we're just vibing we're just vibing
1: yeah I really like, though, what you said about it being basically how you were created. That you mm-hmm. were, you know, because I do believe, I stated a little more definitively that right. I believe that God created us with certain gifts and talents. And that then that gives us doors <laughs> that we can go into yeah. to use those talents. And some of them are very specific. Some people I know feel a very specific call in their life, a very specific um, direction to go. I don't know that I ever
0: had that. I I, I had several. That was I my problem. Would, yes. I would say that's because you are a person who excels at a lot of things oh. and is really good at a lot. And you have been in many careers <laughs> and many positions where you are really good at that stuff. Wow. Thanks, well, Anna. like I've never said, <laughs> I've never said that to you before. Yeah, you, you're very good at making me feel good about
1: myself. But, uh, but I agree with you too that I felt like I was called to be a counselor very early in my Mm
0: -hmm. life yeah and
1: and but then what happened to me was that i got stuck my toe in the water and it was too overwhelming you kind of went
0: oh yeah you can which is interesting because that's the opposite of what happened to me Mm -hmm. because you went to a more creative you went into mom went into radio right right. um i think we mentioned that in kind of our about section in some of our Mm -hmm. podcast areas but yeah so you Dipped your toe into psychology and it was too much, where I dipped my toe into art and I thought that was too much. Right. So
1: yeah, we kind of went opposite ways. So while you had those two majors, I my majors were also psychology and an art, but it was communication instead mm. of the art that you took. So we both kind of did that the same way. But then right. the, after graduation, I went in one direction, you went in the other. Yeah. But, but again, it was because when I did my internship in undergrad and I would come home at night and I would just, I would be oh. exhausted and I yeah. would be so drawn out out. And my mom said to me, what calls you to be a counselor is your empathy. But she said to me, your empathy is too overwhelming for you. And in my youth, it was. It was too overwhelming for me. But as I've gotten older, I'm not saying it never hits me now because some right. days I come oh, home yeah. and I just cry for my clients but I have gotten better through the years to be able to kind of cut that off at the end of the work day and yeah but I agree with you that and I think sipsters if you're listening to us ramble about our own lives that's something that we would encourage you to do is to think about what you're called to do if it, yeah are you in a career that you really like that you feel called to that you're gifted in
0: yeah I um, was gonna say we're asking each other questions based on I mean we're doing a podcast about mental health because we are two counselors so we're going to be asking each other these questions based on being mental health counselors but these are questions that you can kind of modify and ask yourself too like right. you know why did I get into the position that I'm in is right. that what where I want to be do I feel like I would fit better somewhere else is it time to maybe look at that right. or wow yeah this this is really where I feel like I'm supposed to be and these are the reasons you know whatever whatever your answer to that is just being aware of it Mm-hmm. is and
1: i would very much encourage you to never ever think well it's too late either because you've had a bunch of education in one direction or because of your age or because of your life stage and you know you have kids or whatever D- don't ever think it's too late cuz that's one thing that i can mm-hmm. you know be a witness of it, you can do a lot of things in your life and you can change very late in life cuz that's yeah. what i did with counseling i went back to be a counselor yeah late i think in especially
0: life. like we live in a society
1: where... <laughs> yes, we do. We live in a society
0: <laughs> where I think before it was much more stressed that like you get in a career. Because I have dealt with that with some clients who want to switch careers. Like mm-hmm. they're they're kind of younger and they're like, you know, I kind of want to do this and I want to do this. But I'm already doing this. I think that, uh, no offense to the older generations who may be <laughs> present among us. Oh, uh, who could that be? Who could that be? But... <laughs> like i think that and i don't know i don't know if this does i don't think this does apply to you actually but like i think there used to be this kind of once you're in a career you stay in that career yeah. forever it was almost <laughs> that's
1: almost my parents i would generation, I, I was going to say i think by that my generation, i think more of started, my grandpa yeah, when i yeah, say that yeah because you did. You just worked one job your whole yeah. life. And people still do that sometimes. And sure. there's nothing wrong with that. But I- I'm with you too that I have a client who's pretty young. It's about your age probably. And when we were talking and at one point I said to her, you know – She's only been in this career for like three years, but yeah. she really isn't happy.
0: No, it's like, and, why are you staying? If and you're I not said, happy?
1: you know, you can change. And she looked at me like that was the most revolutionary I know. thing in the world. She <laughs> said, but you know, I went to school for this, and I did this, and this, and this. And I so? said, so now you, I said, it's not like you won't use it. No. You know, it's part of you for the rest of your life. Yeah, but if you're not happy, go. You know, try something well, else. and
0: that's just that goes back to our life resume thing that you've talked about before, where like, okay, you went to school for this thing, like you just said, like that knowledge doesn't just leave i mean you'll use that knowledge and whatever it's not like oh i mean yeah there are some things that are very specialized and if you have like very specialized education then yeah that's going to be harder but i mean a degree in psychology you can use for anything yeah (laughs) absolutely oh gosh that is so true i i say that to a lot of like when i'm counseling people with like career stuff or with education stuff i'm like i mean hey listen If you're not thinking about anything, (laughs) maybe try psychology because you'll use it. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of using it, speaking of using psychology, what? You are good on the segues today. (laughs) Thank you. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm riding the wave. You're you're riding the Feel and yeah, where the vibe yeah. takes me. Go vibe, girl. That I, I, do think one of the things that I want to bring up early on, just so we have enough time to talk about it, is uh, we've mentioned this before. We've talked about how we are humanistic existential counselors, mm-hmm. and I think that is a kind of a lofty term. Like I have gotten feedback from other people in the field that I shouldn't call myself that because it's too like it'll scare people away. It's too we. I don't think it's Wii U I think it's too clinical it sounds too clinical so I want to break that down and just talk about what that means when we talk about ourselves being that so how would you describe your counseling philosophy as a humanistic existential existential counselor. Wow, that's a that's a lot. So Twenty five <laughs>
1: words or less. I would say the whole point is as a therapist, my focus is on the client, that the session is client led, it's person centered. I, I focus on, on, on them, on their feelings, on on what's going on with them. And there's that deeper question of like, what's life about? Why why am I doing what I'm doing? And what do I want to be doing? And who am I? And that's the existential part of it. Yep. But that all is part of just focusing on the client and letting them deal with what they need to deal with when they're in session.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it. I mean, mm-hmm. humanism, like to break down the thing that we call ourselves, mm-hmm. humanism, like you just said, like person-centered is another kind of humanist mm-hmm branch i mm-hmm. guess where sorry i gotta not lotion with my arms as much because this is a side note but mom and i just got the vaccine the COVID vaccine oh. yesterday and we're both did you get in your left arm yeah so did i because i was like i'm not getting in my dominant arm no, just in case i know I'm, I'm glad i, I didn't mm, yeah because so i don't know we... if y'all have gotten it yet but you mm-hmm. our arms are sore <laughs> moving them
1: it's rough <laughs> and we gesture a lot when
0: we, we talk we are hand talkers <laughs> this is rough <laughs> you
1: know when i hear the term humanistic sometimes it rings this weird bell in my head about there's this you know the religious idea yeah. of humanism which that's is not a, what this is that's a good point yeah. to
0: bring up which i don't really know what the religious well humanist...
1: i i think it's basically it kind of takes power away from god you know it's kind of like humanistic is more focused on humans than on on a
0: deity does Religious humanism is an integration of humanist ethical philosophy with congregational rights and community activity, which center on human needs, interests, and abilities. Ah, uh,
1: that didn't clear it up at all. I for mean, me, but,
0: <laughs> but, but well, well that's we're... the problem. That I like, I don't disagree with any right, of that right I mean, but that's not that, we're not talking about yeah that's not stuff. what we mean we yeah. mean psychological humanism right. which is a totally different thing that just happens to share a name right now that being said it kind of goes along with what they you just are read. named that way because they it it is a very intuitively named thing Right. i mean humanism is just focusing on the human right and in our case, it's focusing on the human in front of us, the human right. that's sitting on our couch. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to get to know that person authentically as they are, and we want to, you know, let them feel safe, like they can be open in that space. And I think we've kind of joked about whether we call ourselves humanistic existential or existential humanist, but I think humanistic existential. That's correct chronologically because <laughs> we got it like you have to form that really good connection with that person if they're going to feel safe to explore the deeper stuff that existential philosophy kind of leads us to. I agree. That's it. I feel like that was profound. So I was like, I'm not even going <laughs> to- Let's just pause. Not even going to keep talking. And Let's just, just contemplate let it. Let that sink in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Wow, Anna, you're so smart and deep. You are smart and deep. Wow. Wow. Anna, why are you so smart? Sp- well, who's saying that? Anna, well, Hey, Anna, you're so smart. <laughs> oh, it's been a weird few weeks, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We're a little out of practice. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: give you can't tell, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants today. I have a few quotes by Ooh, a yeah. psychologist that I can throw in here let's and there. Can I do quotes. that? Let's do some well, quotes. Let's do Anna and Bonnie's quote corner.
1: Well, all my quotes today are basically from Yalom, and he's a guy that a psychologist that I can't remember if he's still alive. I believe he is. Mm-hmm. When we were, he might have just died, that like real might be recently, true, actually, because I think I kind of remember hearing that he did. Is his first name Irvin? Yeah, he's still alive. He is. is he really old. Eighty nine. Wow. When we were in grad school, we had to read a couple of books by him. One was called The Gift of Therapy, which I really liked that book. Sipsters, if you are a therapist, if you have never <laughs> if read you are that a book, therapist.
0: Hello, uh, hello. Please don't wow. judge us. <laughs> Wow, how wrong are we usually on a scale please, of one to ten? Please don't don't
1: tell on us. No, yeah. If you haven't read this book, it's a really good book. Or if you know a therapist, if you go to therapy and you like your therapist, give him this book. I or don't know. heck,
0: if you are in therapy, it's worth it. It is kind of a cool. Or book. Or if you just are interested in mental health, if you're listening yeah. to this, you'll like Yalom. He's a cool
1: guy. This kind of fits in with what we were just talking about, though, about putting the human, putting that person in the center of therapy. He This is a quote from the book, The Gift of Therapy. It says, "Quote." Life as a therapist is a life of service in which we daily transcend our personal wishes and turn our gaze toward the needs and the growth of the other. We take pleasure not only in the growth of our patient, our client, but also in the ripple effect, the influence our patients and clients have upon those whom they touch in their life. So we really do... We take it very personally. Yeah. There is a separation and there are boundaries. And in ethically speaking, there are very specific boundaries that we have with our clients. Right. But at the same time, we really do care about our clients. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a genuine – I think that, that that's always something that really breaks my heart when I either deal with clients who have had a poor therapy experience in the past where their therapist didn't seem to really have that care for them – or mm-hmm. when they maybe, whether or not they've been in therapy, they, they, I have had clients make comments to me like, I don't think you actually care about me. I think you're just here as a job. Yeah, I've had That's clients say that too. so sad because like, no, I'm here as a job because I care and because I want to care about you because you are now sitting on my couch and, and you have now come into my life and I've come into yours and mm-hmm. I want to care about you. Right. Let me care about you. Dang. <laughs>
1: But I would also add to that: if you do go to therapy and you sincerely feel that your therapist does not care, don't,
0: don't stay at that therapist. Don't go stay. Go
1: to find another therapist. That was another when I was reading through all the quotes from Yalom. One of them said that he often has people who come in and say that they've been to other therapists who didn't care about what they were talking about. Right. And so, I mean, there might be
0: moments with your therapist where you sit there and you think, "Are they actually listening?" which y- and in those times i mean it's not a bad idea to confront them yeah and say and say hey can we talk about like i feel like you're not really paying attention to me or i feel right. like you're not really genuinely you know tracking with what i'm saying or whatever you feel like the issue is like Say that to your therapist. Bring it up.
1: Because you're paying them. Yeah. I mean, like... First, I mean, one, yes. Yeah. You're paying them so they're there to do a service for you, number one. Second part of that is that the ideal situation with a therapist is that authentic relationship. And Mm -hmm. if you're not getting it, then you're not really getting... Therapy, even if, and we're. I'm speaking as a humanist therapist in that, but even if you like go to a CBT specific, or I don't know what else. Give me some other um, solution oriented. <laughs> I can't think of any other totally blank. If you go to different DBT, uh, like a DBT like a therapist who is not calling themselves a humanist, they still
0: are. First and foremost, supposed to have rapport with their client. Right. As like one of the things that counselors learn at Big Fancy Counseling School. Yeah. Is that, and, and there have been study after study proving that that rapport is necessary for anything to get done in counseling anything meaningful to happen so regardless of if you're going to a cbt which is like more cognitive behavioral Mm -hmm. based because it stands for cognitive behavioral therapy (laughs) good grief anna why didn't i just say that that could have been 10 words anyway (laughs) take the long way home baby scenic route everyone are you here with me okay that like they still should be building a rapport. If you don't feel that connection, you're not going to be able to do that healing, no matter Mm -hmm. what kind of healing it is. Mm -hmm.
1: So this episode is kind of us sharing our own philosophy about why we're a therapist and what we do as therapists. It's it's us kind of being self-aware because we're always challenging you, Sipsters, to be self-aware. That's one of the cores of our podcast, Mm -hmm. um, to be self-aware. We're also just kind of talking about What therapy should be for for you if you choose to do that. Yeah. So But I would also
0: like to talk about us. And how therapy is for us because it's our
1: podcast. (laughs) That's another thing. Self disclosure. Self disclosure. I was just you read my mind. (laughs) Like ESP, baby. Like ESP. ESP. Like
0: (laughs) ESPN. Because that is something that we sometimes do with our clients to Well, and to that's a, a big part of humanism because that genuine connection includes, like, before – and we've talked about this when we talk more about our kind of historical episodes and, and people and stuff like that, where, like, especially Sigmund Freud, I mean, that's where that, you know, lay down on the couch, don't look at the, the psychologist because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to see them as a person. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird because that's totally not how – we uh, how it is now but as time has gone on it was revealed that 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 connection is what's more important and part of that connection is you gotta know who you're connecting to on some level Mm -hmm. so that is something that we practice is just like we are real people too and we are authentic in who we are and we are authentic in our care for our clients Mm-hmm. and if we maintain that authenticity in all of our interactions with them or, or with anyone like it makes it easier to form those connections right and it's kind of a hard balance for a
1: therapist because we never want to overshare. We never want to all of a sudden make the session about us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, not that's good. a hard
0: balance to find. Yeah,
1: and and uh, maybe you've gone to therapy where you've had that experience. I know I I had, had a, as well I had mm-hmm. a therapy experience like that once where I felt like should I just you know not talk and let you get this out you know yeah but. I have to say that thinking back over the last few years, the most powerful moment I've ever had in therapy with a client was because of a self-disclosure. And it was yeah. my client was having caretaker fatigue mm. and was taking care of her husband who had a chronic illness. At the very same time, I was taking care of, of my late husband who was very ill at that time. And... um She said something about feeling guilty because she just wanted it to be over. And she could barely get the words out, and you could just see that she was just racked with guilt. Like, oh my God, I'm I'm the most terrible. She even kept saying, I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. And so I I self-disclosed about my own issues and how I felt that same way. You know, when you're in the midst of that fatigue, you just think, God, I just want this to be over however that's going to be over, you know. And I got emotional because I was right smack dab in the middle of it, and I apologized for being emotional. But then we both cried, and- After that, oh, it was huge. After that, her therapy just took off and
0: and she did extremely well. I have a Carl Jung quote for this. (gasps) Awesome. The meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there is any reaction, both are transformed. That's wonderful. Yeah. And Carl Jung, we like him. We love Carl Jung. Yes, we do. We have an episode about Carl Jung, don't we? Yes, we do. Jung. Our episode four- was carl young wow you that was like a long to. time ago one of our very first boys when we were just we were podcast sp- babies we were brand spanking new back then but i think <laughs> that's i think that's what i would qualify as the difference between helpful self-disclosure and non-helpful self-disclosure yes because i think when we use self-disclosure it's got to be for the purpose of universality Absolutely. It's got to be for the purpose of you are not alone in this thing that you're going through. Because I agree, one of the clients that I I have been working with this client for a long time, like since I, I first started to be a counselor, I mean, she's just got a really... She's, she's a kiddo. She's just got a really hard home life. So I've just been involved with her family for several years at this point. And one of the things that I have been able to self-disclose with her, because it is so similar to the stuff that she has gone through has been that she has been abandoned by her parent and there was emotional abuse. And I have been able to self-disclose like, hey, I have dealt with a lot of the same things. And mm-hmm. that's been really powerful to her, for her to have someone that she can say like, when this happened with your parent, what was that like? And you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of flip the script on me and say like, how how did this look for you? And for us to be able to kind of compare and contrast and and say like, this is what abandonment feels like, but this is also how people feel it differently. And that's that's been that's been a real healing spot. And I th- I think in our in our long counseling relationship, you've really become a part of her life. I really have. Yeah. Can we qualify that I'm not
1: the abandoning parents
0: yes I, I didn't think that had to be qualified since we have a podcast together well i was like but i, I abandoned people... you but then you called okay. me and said hey come do a if... podcast if anyone is really bad at context clues i'm not talking about my mom here thank you <laughs> we've no we've said this on the podcast before that my biological father is is has some struggles <laughs> he's that's a good way to say it he's got he has mental health issues He has mental health issues and that has led him to be very very emotionally abusive and he's not in our lives anymore but when he was it was pretty traumatic so hey trauma trauma gang so oh i've got a i've got a young quote for this one too you are good i am not what happened to me i am what i choose to become
1: i love that
0: I think that's something that I use a lot with my trauma clients where it's like, you know what, this happened to you. I've seen something, uh, stuff online recently that is more more colloquial than that. It's not a Carl Jung quote, but it's basically like, you know, someone saying, wow, your trauma really made you kind. And the person basically responding, no, screw you. My trauma didn't make me kind. I became kind despite my trauma. Despite
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: chose to be kind because I saw how bad that trauma was right you know like i think and i think that that is where that existential stuff comes in too because the choice is huge and existential
1: I was just gonna say that because in that comment that you made about choice that that's very significant in what we believe as therapists yeah. and that's a, that's, that's the a big part of our, part. our counseling
0: therapy yeah. our our treatment modality if you want to be real critical about very it very
1: good yeah <laughs> if I had a dime for every time I use the word choice or choose in a, in therapy sessions I, I know I, I, I
0: you could almost make a drinking game of like the responses <laughs> that I give to people and honestly Honestly, maybe we should at some point. We
1: should. Uh,
0: where balance? I talk about balance. I talk about boundaries. I talk about choice.
1: Authenticity. Authenticity. Self awareness.
0: Self awareness. Insight. It would insight. Be kind yeah. of a, a that's synonym. insightful. That's yeah, insightful, I say that. Yeah, that's insightful. Yeah. Yeah, you could, o- you could almost, words. yeah, you could almost like come up with a, I, I would like to see like a word cloud. Have you ever seen those word clouds where like some words are bigger than others? Yeah, I would like to see a word cloud of all the things that I say to my clients and how many like words really pop out. Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be cool. If the NSA could turn in all their secret <laughs> recordings that they've done of me while I'm doing counseling sessions. So I can go back so and So I could do a them. word cloud. Yeah, mm. that'd be super. Can I ask kind of a softball, and then we can kind of move on to a little bit of a harder one? I don't think it's going to take us very long to address it, but um, I kind of want to ask you, just because I'm kind of curious, what are the kind of clients or issues that you, like, prefer to work with? Like, what is really rewarding for you, like, whether in in terms of, like, population, like, client population, Mm -hmm. like, you know? I You
1: know, I work a lot with kids, but I find it very difficult to work with kids. I'm the same way. Because I was a teacher for a long time. And I am still a mom, but not of little kids. But the teacher and the mom parts of me make it difficult to just be a to therapist. Be a counselor. Yeah. yeah. So even though I do work with a lot of kids, and I think I do okay with them, I often feel like I'm not doing enough to help them. Yeah. Um, which I would like to maybe come back to in the future when we talk about other things about helping children. But right. but to your question, I think my favorite. This is going to sound weird, but I, I guess first and foremost would be marriage counseling. That that ends up well. But, <laughs> but you know, not Mom, even that. has a bit of a, a, bit of a reputation. A <laughs> no, it's for, not a reputation. It's for, a record. It's Nobody a record. knows about it. No. But I, I would have to add to that. It's wonderful when a couple decides to work it out and it yeah. all comes out. But quite honestly, sometimes it's also good that they agree they're going to separate. Yeah, as long as it's on the same
0: page and everyone's consenting to it and we're all working together toward a common goal. Right, and
1: even if it's painful, which it's absolutely going to be, no matter what, even if you both are like well we've been done with this for 10 years, it's still going to be painful.
0: Yeah, I I do want to put that little disclaimer in that if you are maybe in a relationship that isn't going super well, first of all, seek counseling before it gets too bad if If you you can, can, please. Good grief because that's part of the problem exactly like it's going to be way easier to catch that when the flame is smaller let's put it that way that's right so do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then also like if you need to go and you just need that counseling to get everyone on the same page to get out of the bad relationship or even if it's not like toxic bad I mean, you're just
1: not meant for each other. Yeah, if yeah. it's
0: not making you guys happy, then don't don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I would love for you guys to work it out, but if that's not why we're here, it's not why we're here and that's okay. That's right. Like I have worked with clients, couples clients who don't end up together and it's still okay. Mm-hmm. You can still be okay. So, I mean, I think that there's this conception where when you go in for couples counseling, especially marriage counseling, that like we're going in to fix it. And right. if you can't fix it, what's the point of marriage counseling?
1: Well, and that's the other part of it is don't go into marriage counseling, especially, or couples counseling. Yeah, let's call it that. And and say, you know, we're going there because the therapist is going to fix it. Because they're not. Don't we say that. Not. Listen. <laughs> don't ever say that. Don't the ever say <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. If you go to therapy expecting the therapist to fix the problem, it's not gonna
0: happen. No, because you're the
1: one who's gonna fix it. You're the, the problem. one who has to fix it. Or
0: yeah well, and you I, I get that more often with parents, I think parents yes who are like want us my to kid. fix their kid yeah that's very true and we've talked about that on other episodes mm-hmm. and a
1: lot of times it's the parents who need the fixing anyway but a- no. anyway oh, okay. oh look at all this oh. tea that mom just spilled <laughs> oh
0: there's tea everywhere
1: <laughs> so who who are your uh clients that you would prefer or which ones um, that you get the most satisfaction from
0: well we've talked about this i have talked about this on the podcast before that, like I really like working with the LGBTQ population, LGBTQ plus, um, LGBT plus, whatever, whatever you call that whatever population. Mm-hmm. um I don't know. That's just such a need. I think that that's a really underserved and again mental health population. I think that's a call. I, I think, think that's so part too. of your call. That's, I think that's so where you
1: feel motivated to help. Yeah,
0: I've been getting a lot more male clients. And I think that that's an underserved population as well when it comes to mental health.
1: I was almost going to say that. <laughs> I was almost going to say, actually, no offense, ladies, because, you know, I'm, I'm all about us, you know, women.
0: <laughs> Woo, Woo-hoo, girl power. stand up for women.
1: But when it comes to counseling, there's something about working with a man that, for me, seems a little bit easier. Oh, I don't know if it's because... I wouldn't call it easy. I'm more comfortable in it. How's that? Interesting. Yeah. But then that's kind of like we've talked about before. Like when I was a kid, I would prefer to hang out with the boys. You were the I mean, same way, me though. too.
0: But yeah, no, I, I don't think that's it. I think for me, working with men, I mean, I think especially a lot of the men that I work with are victims of toxic masculinity, I'll call it. Which is just that they've grown up in, again, we live in a society. And society. <laughs> society. Society. The way that gender roles are. Men get told you can't be sad or you can't show these kind of emotions or you can't be affectionate. You can only be angry. I cannot tell you how many people, men specifically, I deal with who have quote unquote anger issues, which are just that they have not learned the skills to... Express emotions in other ways. Other
1: emotions, right. So yeah, it all so they comes cover down everything to anger. with anger. Yeah.
0: I, and, and I think for me what's rewarding about working with a male population is – that moment of catharsis where you do build up that rapport and they do feel comfortable enough to really open that and really show that emotion and you can see that like oh my god it's just so powerful because they can't show that in many other places and just for them to have maybe that's why i
1: like it it's so cool because with women women often come in and just start you know showing their emotions like blah right there you know not always no but often but often we we tend to be more emotional. Yeah,
0: this is this is generally speaking, I right. think women are given the opportunity to show those emotions a mm. little more. Um now I think there are a lot of of young girls who who do not get that chance and then that turns into other issues. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a gender specific problem. It's just more prevalent in men, I, I think. I agree. Yeah. I like working with kids too, though. But it's for very different reasons than I like working with other populations. You know what I so, mean? So
1: can I redirect that? Because I said I wanted to come back to that idea of working with kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Part of my personality is I am goal-oriented and very, you know, like, what? okay, well, where? what's the end? Where's the end? And I'm, that doesn't really work as
0: a therapist. That's really list. interesting because I know that we've – and we've talked about – the MBTI types mm-hmm. in episode 10, if you want to go listen, mm-hmm. welcome to the reboot, <laughs> go listen to all our other episodes, um, where like, we both talked about how we are J types, which are are very like, to the point and like, get it closed and get it finished. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man, I'm I'm able to work with kids and just be like, you know what, if I just have to be like a nurturing role in their life, and we're not going to work on a goal, that's okay. Okay.
1: But did you have that right in the beginning or have you chosen to to embrace that? <laughs> that's
0: a good point. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's kind of embracing the chaos of working right. with kids right. at some point. It's, it's just like, okay, this is what we're doing, fine. And that's what I'm continuing to
1: work on. Yeah. And it's the teacher in me that stops that. I can understand that. Because the teacher in me is like block. there are certain goals, there are certain, you know, <laughs> outcomes that we have yeah. to reach. And so then I'm like what are we accomplishing what are we accomplishing but it is it is <laughs> I do I me. do have those moments
0: as yeah. much as I have tried to you know intentionally embrace right. the chaos it's... But I love
1: the way that you just said it even if I'm just one person who loves them yeah. for who they are right now one person who listens to them and it has helped me to talk to You and other counselors that I know who have said to me, Mm -hmm. you might not ever know what you accomplished with that kid, you know, just be there for them. Just be there. I like that. And I'm trying harder to do that, to just be there. That's a pretty important part of being a counselor, just being there.
0: That's humanism. I mean, yeah. that's really, that's one of the cores of humanism right. is just being there and giving them that judgmental space. You know that
1: as a friend, as a, as a person who is a friend to people, yeah. that sometimes your friends are going through things and they don't want you to, you know, they might be telling you things. They don't want you to say, well, this is what I think you should do or, oh, it'll be fine or it's no big deal or whatever you feel like you should say to cheer them up. Sometimes our friends just need us to just sit there with them yeah. and be in it with them. Yeah. And that's what a therapist does.
0: That is something that I have had to work very hard on, and I got criticized. Like, one of the reasons I've had to work on it is because I was criticized for it when we were going through our master's program, Mm. was not having to fill that space. Like, not having – because when and I still struggle with it, where when there's, like, a stretch of silence, I'll be like, what should I ask next? I should be be saying something. Where instead, (laughs) in the times – and it's been really powerful in the times where I have let myself just sit with that, Mm -hmm. like, whatever was just said. I mean, there are – Obviously, it's a read the situation moment, like, read the room kind of thing, where there are times where that awkward, like, that that silence is just like, ah, crap, what now? Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, like you can tell that's where it is. It's not like they said anything (laughs) profound. It's just like, well, where do we go now? (laughs) And then it's like, well, crap, that's my job. But... I mean, there have been some really powerful moments that I've had where a client says something and you can tell that there's more resonating with that. Like there's a lot of emotion with that and you just kind of let it sit and hang in the air. And some really powerful moments have come from that when I've actually let that happen. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's part of that feeling safe and just kind of allowing yourself. Oh, I saw another quote. We're just full of quotes. <laughs> I actually saw this one on Pinterest and it said, feeling is healing. Ooh, I like that. I like that too.
1: I just talked to one of my clients the other night about I don't remember how we got off on it, but he is one of those people that you kind of were talking about who has been very socialized and, yeah. you know, I'm masculine, I'm you right. know, whatever. And, and we talked about how a big part of counseling is just actually acknowledging your feelings. Yep. Like, experiencing like the feelings. Like, hello feeling, I yeah. see you there. Yeah. Oh, this is what Even sadness you, feels like. Yeah. Oh, this is what envy a lot of, feels exactly.
0: like. Exactly. A lot of people have this perception that, like, to be able to successfully manage their emotions, and yeah, that's part of it, but not all of it, You you have to, like, know what the next step is like oh well okay once i know it's sad what do i do when i'm sad what do i do when i'm sad right it's like right. we just have to know that we're sad first and right. we'll get there and often what happens is once we acknowledge that sadness and say hi i see you sadness hi hello how are you and just kind of let yeah. it be for a second mm-hmm. it passes on its own like it it, it kind of it you releases process it yeah in a natural way instead yeah. of trying to force it right
1: it just needs to be recognized right that's really good. That's deep, Anna. Thanks.
0: Wow, Anna, you're so deep. Wow, you're so smart. Wow, you're, you're so, so deep. smart, Anna. Wow. wow.
1: The validate
0: wow. Anna moments.
1: Wow, holy cow, <laughs> Anna. You know we should record wow. like different voices saying. We that. should. I
0: should like. I should go up to people on the street and be like, Hey, can you just say like, Wow, you're so smart, and then just like like different. pipe them in like they're coming from a different room. <laughs> I need to up my audio editing game for this uh, this season of Freudian Sips. We need more sound effects. <laughs> Can we go to our, what I would consider our hardball?
1: Let's do the hardball, baby.
0: Okay. What is hard about being a therapist and what's more rewarding about being a therapist? Mm. You want me to go first? Yep. <laughs> Because I want to steal your answers, please. Um, I know that's not true at all, because I
1: know you already have answers. Um, I think, for me, the hardest part about being a therapist is, I'm going to have to put it like a two-parter. Yeah. One is, is not trying to fix their problems. Yeah because in a way that is kind of what we do you know we try to lead
0: them to solutions yeah, but we I think cannot part fix of our their job problems. is creative problem solving right I, I would say like we there, do there give are them definitely ideas. yeah like peop, like clients who come to me with unique problems and one of the things that we do is like okay what are our options mm-hmm. what can you do in this situation and maybe we're able to give them a different perspective that they hadn't considered so that's kind of cool
1: and that overlaps with the other part which is the hardest part for me is to let go of of my clients' problems. Yeah. So when I go home at the end of the day, not to be fretting all night and ruminating on, oh, I wish that she would leave him. And uh, I wish that, you know, he would get a better job. And, I, you know, you have those thoughts for your clients, which you do to some extent. That's part of becoming part of their life. Mm-hmm. But there has yeah. to be a point professionally for our own self-care that we cut that off. And I'm not good at that. And I I had the same problem when I was a teacher. You know, I would go home and I and I know if Sipsters, if you're a teacher and you're a listening, you might have the same problem that I used to have, that it's hard to go home and let go of your kids. You know, it's hard to not think about your students. Anna, your husband is a teacher, and I'm sure he frets to some degree about his kids. And that's just something we do as teachers. As a therapist, I do the same thing. Well,
0: I also, I don't think it's as much career-based as it is person-based, that I think that that's because... We are caring people by nature.
1: That empathy thing. It's hard.
0: It, you can't really turn that
1: off. Right. So that kind of overlaps with the other one in that sometimes when I'm thinking about a client, worrying about a client, what I'm doing is trying to solve their problem. And I'm like, why don't they get this? Why can't they just do it my way and then it would be okay? Yeah. So there's a lot <laughs> of that I have to know to let go of my clients so that they can solve their own problems, you right. know? So,
0: But also I think that it's not a... Because I I do the same thing, but sometimes my ruminating is trying to know how to approach it to where we can together come up with a solution that's going to help them and make them feel better. Right. And sometimes it just kind of takes sleeping on it and then being like, oh, if I frame it this way, maybe it's easier for them to understand. Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes good can come of that, but... I agree. I would agree that that's the hardest part about being a therapist is that compartmentalizing. Mm. I would call it for myself boundaries. I, I suck at making boundaries for myself. And often that verges into not doing self-care enough. Right. um, Which I lecture my clients all the time about. I do too. Do as I say, not as I do everyone. But I mean, that is something that I'm, and I'll talk more about this either later we're kind of running short this episode Mm -hmm. but maybe some other episode i'll talk about it where that's kind of where my career transitions are taking me where i'm trying to get better at that and trying to get better at those boundaries but it is hard like you said you are involved with these people's lives and you want to you want to be as involved as you you can because you do genuinely care I mean, like coming from a therapist, your therapist genuinely cares, mm-hmm. you know, and your th- therapist does ruminate about your problems because they want to help you solve them. And, and that is rewarding, but it's also really hard. Mm-hmm. But to me, I mean, I think, and this is kind of a no-brainer, kind of goes without saying that like the rewarding part is that those moments, especially like those little moments in therapy where you say something and the client's like, that's a really good way I've never thought about it like that or like you can see the light go on yeah yeah it really is like Uh ding and and suddenly you're like, ha-ha,
1: ha-ha, it clicked. Right. And I would say, because the natural answer would be, well, you know, it's very rewarding when someone says, you've helped me so much, you've changed my life. And those are lovely. I'm always like, blah, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but the but the real moment is when you actually see it on them. Yeah. When you actually, and that. Like I can recognition. I can put that back to teaching as well. So yeah. sisters if you're a I teacher, bet. you get this. Yeah. That there are moments with students when you are working on something, working on something, and all of a sudden, you literally see their their brain light up. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And that's the same way it is in therapy. And a lot of times what I've noticed is like, I might start the ball rolling, but then they kind of talk themselves to that yeah. point, And then they're like, oh, you yeah, know. I've, the, yeah, The
0: amount of times I have had clients say, you know, saying that out loud, I realize this and this and this. Right. And I'm like, there you That's go. That's therapy, baby. That's therapy, baby. <laughs> we made a safe space where you could say that out loud. That's right. I, I, It always cracks me up when people are like, I'm sorry, I'm like doing word vomit. And I'm like, do it. Why are you apologizing? A lot of clients apologize for that. A lot I'm of clients just apologize for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I'm clients sorry. apologize for crying. And I'm like, what yeah, do you I, think I, we're I here for? <laughs> why, why are you coming into therapy? Yeah. So I think those are, I mean, I think those are pretty understandable mm-hmm. answers for both. And and I mean, from just our answers, the waters are muddy. There's gray area. There are things that are really hard, but also really rewarding at the same time. Mm. So, and I think it's like that with every career, every thing absolutely. that we do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, what didn't we talk about?
0: <sighs> well, I think we've talked about a lot. And I think we should end with sharing with the Sipsters some of our favorite metaphors for therapy we've talked about these a little bit mom's (laughs) laughing because that's a hokey way to say it i know no it's not hokey
1: i'm actually laughing because we talked about this before we started um recording that we both use a lot of metaphors in our (laughs) therapy but yet when i'm sitting here i can't (laughs) think think of a single
0: one yes you can (laughs) i have one main one that i i i I would say let's both do our main one so do you want me to go first yeah Okay, the one that I use, and actually I, I, st- I steal the one that mom is going to be talking about too. It just kind of depends on who I'm talking to. When I'm talking to someone a little more like kids like this one, I think kids Mm -hmm. get this one, or like people in the medical field, this has really resonated with them, that I say therapy is like a broken bone, like healing a broken bone. Especially like when we think about trauma, and when we think about when we grow up, and and maybe we've had these trauma experiences that we didn't process fully, and now we're a grown-up, and those wounds feel healed, but they're not healed in a very good way. Mm-hmm. So I use the metaphor that it's like if you break a bone and then it sets wrong and it's healed, it's technically healed, but it's not healed in a good way. Right. So kind of what has to happen, and I've, I've said this to like healthcare workers before, and they've been like, you have to re-break the bone. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. We have to re-break the bone, and it's going to feel really bad at first, but then once it heals, it's going to feel a lot better. Once we set it correctly and process that trauma, mm-hmm. it's going to feel a lot better.
1: That's amazing.
0: So did you make that up by yourself? Yeah.
1: That's an Anna original? That's an Anna so original. So we should trademark it. So don't, if it, if somebody uses it, you have to- TM, cr- TM, TM.
0: <laughs> don't take it. <laughs> That's the thesis for my book someday. Yeah. What's the thesis for well, your book? The thesis yeah, for the book that we're going to write together, we're gonna obviously. We're going to together, yes.
1: Uh-huh. The one that I always use with people, and, and and I agree, and I don't want anybody else to... <laughs> this is TM, TM, Because um, I like this one because it, it works for me personally, but yeah. I've also seen it really work for clients. And, and the cool part is that clients sometimes down the road will say it back to me. Yeah, you know, like, oh, that's man, always I, fun. So my thing is that therapy is like cleaning out a closet, and that when I clean out a closet because I, I'm pretty bad about closets. I stuff a lot of stuff in a closet until it's like unbearable. And uh-huh. You open the door and things kind of tumble out. And we do the same thing psychologically. We uh, we stuff things in. We st- And some, sometimes it's very traumatic stuff. Yep. Sometimes it's not big stuff, but when it sits in there, it really starts to pile up, even though it's little stuff. And we stuff all that stuff into our psychological closet. And so then when we, when we do therapy, we have to open the closet and sometimes stuff comes falling out as soon as we <laughs> open. Those are the people who come in and just start, you know, right. right away. And
0: those are the things that we have to deal with first. Right. Those and we take care of the things up. that
1: fell out first. Yep. But then we have to unpack the closet and we have to take things out. And and part of the really hard part for me about cleaning out an actual closet is that you have to pull everything out and there's a big mess. And and like part of the way through it, you'll think, oh, my God, why did I even start? I should just put everything back in the closet. I should have never started this. And you might do that several times during therapy where you are thinking. And, oh, God, I was better off before I started thinking about all this stuff. Right. But you have to continue on and you have to look at every single thing that you took out of the closet and you have to decide, is this something that I want to keep, I want to hold on to? And if it is, then you you look at it, you investigate it, then you put it back in the closet neatly. Sure. And um, then there will be stuff that you need to get rid of completely. You need to let go of and say goodbye to and perhaps forgive um, and heal and um, some stuff goes in the trash because it's stuff that needs to be just really let go up. Yeah. Some stuff you can kind of give away, which is that stuff that's like <laughs> reconciling some relationships. Some stuff is broken, and, but
0: oh, you could fix it. You could
1: fix it and, and it keep it. it could be it
0: better because than it's, before. Yeah.
1: So that's that's my metaphor. That that's
0: a Bonnie original. That
1: is a Bonnie original. TM,
0: TM uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let anybody take it. <laughs>
1: It fits with, too, the, the anchor phrase that I use with a lot of my clients is, I'm working on it. Yeah. And that actually comes from personal life, too, because when my kids were little and they would want something and I would be trying to do, as a single parent, trying to do, like, <laughs> too many things, and I would say to them kind of sometimes impatiently, I'm working on it. I'm uh-huh. working on it. But it also kind of it clued us all in that I wasn't ignoring them. I was, I was actually working on it. Sometimes when we get into counseling, we feel very overwhelmed by trying to fix everything and we have to calm ourselves down by saying i'm working on it
0: the i guess i like the anchor phrase i think that's a that's a cool concept Mm -hmm. my anchor phrase would be okay, there's nothing I can do about that right now. That's good, yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, one thing at a time. Like, I find myself doing that when I'm feeling overwhelmed with just, like, daily tasks where, Mm -hmm. like, things pop into my mind, and I know that realistically, like, okay, it's a Saturday. I have to set up an appointment with this person. Well, I can't do that on a Saturday. There's nothing I can do about that right now. I just have to (laughs) let that one go. So, I mean, like, we have to be realistic about how much we can do both, I mean, like, how much we can handle personally but also how much like if other people are involved how much can we control what they're doing right. so mm-hmm. yeah it's all about like what i can't i can't do everything right now <laughs> i can only do what i can do right now
1: that's a really good one i like that
0: i like it too man weekend. we did it We did it. I didn't think we would have a full-length episode, but here we are. We can keep talking, y'all. Y'all, if you just put mics in front of us, look, we can talk. I didn't have any notes for this. No notes for this episode, and here we are, an hour later. This is talk radio. Talk radio, baby. Talk radio. I would like to encourage
1: you, Sipsters, If this is the first time you've ever listened to our podcast, what up? We are so glad you're what here. What up? Um, but to go back and listen because we really do have varied topics. Sometimes today was a very relaxed, just a like Anna said, a vibe session, just a talking about self uh, self awareness and yep. self disclosure here. But um, we are usually a little more we're, meticulous. We're on our usually preparation. more. We we usually have more actual information about something historical or. Yeah, something current even. Yeah.
0: That but being said, I really wouldn't mind if uh if you guys have stuff you would like us to talk about kind of with or without preparation as vibey as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. If you guys have topics, please send them to us because like we we want we want to do what you guys want to hear.
1: Yes. We would love to have advice and yeah. some suggestions.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. Can I thank our listeners? Please do. <laughs> thank them extra for dealing I know. with us. <laughs> Sisters,
1: we so appreciate. I guess I should say thank you for your patience with us today as we did get very personal today. Yeah. And we hope that this is an, an effective reboot. As we now go forward and plan to have our podcast every couple of weeks again on a regular basis. So we thank you if you're a regular listener. We really thank you. We appreciate your support um, through this time. And if you're new to us, we love it. (laughs) And we hope that you'll go back and maybe hear some of the other episodes and see how how varied our topics are.
0: This is episode 79. I don't know if I said that earlier. But Mm -hmm. we've got quite a backlog. Mm -hmm. So if you, I mean, I, I think that's what's cool about when podcasts have a lot of episodes. Episodes kind of under their belt where you don't have to just listen to all of them if you want. I mean, if you want to do that, totally cool. Go do that. <laughs> but also if you just like want to kind of go through and, and listen to what appeals to you. Right. I mean, like just just find ones that that you're like, actually, yeah, I would like to know more about that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, pick and choose as you would like.
1: So thank you for joining us uh, for this episode. We hope that maybe this spurs in you kind of an awakening about looking at your own life and seeing why it is you do what you do and mm-hmm. if you're happy where you are and just kind of to reevaluate your own situation, kind of like we just did for our Absolutely. reboot. So we hope to we have you We didn't reevaluate
0: with us. anything. We just no, talked no, about no, it. We, we just wanted you to up. evaluate ah, our okay. thing. <laughs>
1: And we hope you'll be with us for our next episode.
0: Absolutely. In the meantime, you can find us on social media. Uh, I have not been working on the social media as much in the next few months as things keep transitioning. I hope to get that a little more consistent. But you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're Freudian Pod on everything. Our site is FreudianSipsPod.com. Our email is FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. Gosh, we're everywhere. Gosh, we are everywhere. And we would love to hear from and you. And we would love for you to be everywhere with us. <laughs> come with us everywhere. Come with us everywhere. <laughs> Especially if you are listening to this new, or if you haven't left us a review yet, now is a great time to go wherever you are listening and leave us a review if you can do that. So we uh, love Apple Podcast reviews. We love PodChaser reviews, and we will read those as they as they come in, and just sort of as people give us their feedback, we would love to hear that. And our theme music is "Sweeter Vamo- by Kevin McLeod and it sounds like this.